I'm Anya. And I'm Scarlett. Come inside the Flaming Yoni. And experience pussy power as you never have before. Welcome back to the Yoniverse. It's another mm. week. It is another week. Finally really feeling the energy of 2023. Like we firmly arrived here is how I've been feeling. And the Yoniverse has been with us this whole year thus far. Oh my gosh, it sure has. Absolutely. And it's been, you, we've, I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but what you and I know in today's moment is that we have been talking about some pretty heavy things yeah. the last number of weeks. And so <laughs> we've done our triple wound series. And today we are so delighted to just bring, I mean, not to say, we don't know where we're going to go with this conversation today, but we are really thrilled just to have a friend on that we can have some girl talk with and really cover whatever topics feel top of mind and top of heart. So yeah, it feels good to be able to bring some lightning up. I to totally agree. I want to talk about orgasms after <laughs> <You're> <laughs> those very heavy, those very heavy episodes. So I'm going to let you introduce our lovely guest. Yes, well, today we are bringing Catherine Drysdale to you. And if you don't know Catherine, you should. You should be following her on TikTok and Instagram and all the things. Um, in 2018, Catherine started an Instagram account focused on mental health and mindset, which turned into becoming certified as a life coach, which turned into speaking publicly about her sexual assault on stage at her college campus which then turned into her adding an NLP certification so that she could create even more impact for her clients. And then she pursued a sex education certification, which turned into shifting her focus into sex and relationships. And eventually, Catherine started the Your Pleasure Path podcast, which took her to TikTok, and she went viral over there, and she has a crazy big community. So we are so thrilled to have Catherine with us today in the Yoniverse, and we just want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. Oh my God, thank you. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to chat with you about just all the things. <laughs> all the things. Well, why don't you start, Catherine, by filling in some of the details that we didn't get to say in that intro for you, um, because you have had so many things happening in your life since 2018. So tell our listeners a little bit more about your path that led you to your pleasure path. Yeah, 100%. I will say like something that's been a consistent theme throughout my life is my relationship with my mental health and my relationship with pleasure and my body. So the consistent themes throughout all of this has been my relationship to, I don't know, myself and self-love. And that has woven through everything. I've had lots of experiences with like trauma. <laughs> I've had lots of experiences with like not so great relationships, mm -hmm. with family dynamics, with um, body positivity, with like eating disorders, all sorts of stuff. And so essentially in 2017, I had a mental breakdown, which was the catalyst that led me to leave my job in entertainment, go back to school. Um, I thought I was getting an MBA and instead I joined this personal branding class, becoming an influencer, thinking that I was going to make my dog Instagram famous. 
And the first day of class, the professor said there's a difference between having influence and having impact. Mm. And so that was the light bulb moment where I was like, okay, like, this is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do is like, use all of the pain, the struggle, the challenges that I've experienced in order to help others heal. Because I've been like in and out of therapy since I was 10 years Mm. old. Like I have done the fucking work. But it's like, even though I've done the work, even though I've had some of the tools and resources to help heal, it's still taken me decades to do this healing work. And there's still shit that comes up. And so through this journey, what I realized is that I'm just here to master myself. I'm just here to learn. And what I'm here to do is share with my experiences and share by my experiences and be so... I don't know, honest and transparent and vulnerable. And that's part of what led me to becoming a coach instead of going the therapy route is because I didn't want to have to be sterile. I wanted to be able to share exactly what's happening and be relatable. And that's exactly what caused me to go viral on TikTok and connect with people is that people like that I'm approachable and I share it and I'm real and I'm raw and I share the good, the bad, the ugly, because like that's real life. And so like, that's my whole approach to coaching too, is like, I'm a human and I'm showing up as a human first. And so as humans, it's like, how can we help each other experience more pleasure and heal whatever bullshit that's happened in the past so that we can have the best, best possible lives and relationships and so that's, <laughs> that's sort of like how I got to where I am now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I'm just sitting here buzzing because I can so clearly see you and also like relate to you on so many different levels. Um, it's, you know, being a survivor of sexual assault, being a woman who prioritizes her pleasure and also being somebody who understands that my life experience the good the bad and the ugly as you said has tremendous value that it makes me the unique person that I am today and it also makes me uniquely qualified to speak to others who are having a similar life experience and I am just loving that and I'm loving that you decided to prioritize pleasure and your experience with sex, because I feel that often when we think about survival from trauma and healing from trauma, pleasure is so frequently left out of that conversation and reconnecting with your pleasure. It's like, there's no roadmap for that. Therapists don't know how to provide you with that information, just like you said. And so Tell me a little bit more about what that process was like for you in your healing journey, reconnecting with your pleasure, and also how you go about doing that with your with your coaching clients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my journey to coming back to pleasure was like a long, it was a long, bumpy fucking road. I hope I can oh, swear. Oh, hell yeah, you can. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. But like this road, I think part of it is so like my sexual assault experience happened in college. And like, I, I I think part of this journey has been so bumpy. It's because I did everything right. Like I reported it. I got my abusers like arrested, but I still didn't get the justice I deserved. Um, Stay away order wasn't enforced. It was very political. And so I did what I could to just compartmentalize it. 
to just like live a normal college life. And it's hard, you know, when you're being bullied on campus and everyone's saying that you're a liar and all this shit. So I think part of that was just for the first, I don't know, maybe six months, I tried to make myself as unattractive as possible. So that also meant I was not connected to pleasure. I wasn't masturbating like I was before. I wasn't having sex with other people because I felt so unsafe in my body. And then something clicked in my head where a lot of people go either one or two ways normally with trauma is that especially after sexual trauma, it's either you have no desire for any sexual intimacy or you become hypersexual to where you're reclaiming your body, you're reclaiming your sexuality, but sometimes you're also putting yourself in situations that might be a little risky or questionable in order to reclaim your sexuality. And so that's sort of like the pendulum swung the other way. And I was <laughs> constantly putting myself in weird situations and I'm like, yeah, I'm in charge. Yeah, everything's working out for me. Yeah, I'm pulling the hottest people and having threesomes with randoms that I met in clubs and bars and whatever. And I always was the friend that had the crazy sex stories and had these weird experiences and talked about sex in ways. And it wasn't really until, gosh, I was 24 is when I started actually having truly enjoyable sex. So this was like a couple years after college. And uh, this one particular partner that I had, like he was the person who showed me that my pleasure mattered because I was having sex before and having an enjoyable time, but it wasn't super pleasurable, mm, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I was maybe having an orgasm or two, but I was essentially like using men as kind of a vibrator, mm. as my stress relief, as like chasing the orgasm instead of focusing on connection and pleasure. And this particular partner showed me that my pleasure mattered and that he was focused on my pleasure alone. And so I went from having like one <laughs> to having 32 in a two hour period and he didn't come once. And so this sort of unlocked, okay, my standards in how I operated totally. in even like hookups yeah. and relationships in the future. I realized that like oral is a non-negotiable for me. I realized that like, mm, I actually don't like reciprocity. And I would, <laughs> I would rather, like, I just want to receive. Totally. I don't want to have to, like, give in order to receive. And so part of that was, like, allowing myself to be present, allowing myself to be in the moment, allowing myself to speak up for my needs and setting those boundaries and non-negotiables. And then knowing, too, that, like, <laughs> like it's okay. It's okay to know that there's waves in your sexuality. I, I know during COVID too, I spent 15 months celibate where I deepened my relationship to pleasure even more by focusing on myself, mm. stopped watching porn, stopped using toys. Now I've integrated it all back in, but it's like, we're able to navigate our sexuality and our sensuality in so many different ways and allow each, each, level to unfold depending on where we are in our life and so coming back to how i guide my clients through this is like really through a self-discovery journey it's like no journey looks the same everyone's journey is different like the experiences that we've had in the past obviously shape where we are presently but everyone's experiences are differently whether we are trying to explore like our sexuality and even like sexual orientation whether we want to explore like gender bending or um like 
different roles than we have in the past, whether we want to explore group sex or open relationships or closed relationships, whether it's just solo or partnered. I know for me right now, I'm in a phase where like, I just want to receive oral and I don't want any penetration and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like giving everyone permission to figure out what they want learn how to communicate it and then impact their sex lives even better. But it's like, it has to start with you and it has to come back to yourself first and give yourself permission to figure out what you want and enjoy the journey. Oh, so many yeah. things to unpack. There's multi-orgasmic, <laughs> which we are absolutely going to go to. Totally. Um, but I think, you know, you, you, you said a couple of things in there that I just really wanted to unpack a little bit more. First and foremost, is it, do you work mostly with female or femme identifying folk, or do you work with a lot of masculine too? Historically more, more women and femme presenting. Okay. I think that's just more of who I attract. That's even um, resonant in like the analytics of like my socials. Like I have 90% female audience, Yeah, um, which is interesting because that's not the case for a lot of people who are in this sex space no. is that <laughs> typically it attracts a lot of men. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something very interesting. I have been more inclusive in my language because I don't want to exclude anyone. And I think about a year ago, I was having more of an influx of men and like penis owners who were coming to me. Um, but I will say the men that I support are typically ones who will book like a session or two mm -hmm. and have no communication prior, like will not even DM me. But the women are the ones that typically I will hold in like a longer container, like three or six month coaching. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones who want to join the workshops, have like the group container type stuff, want to be held, supported, and are like ready to go there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then sometimes I work with like couples and partners too, whether they're in a like monogamous or open relationship. But typically, typically it's women. Yeah. The reason I ask is because... When we talk about being like the light bulb moment when we learn that our pleasure matters, yeah, most women aren't, first of all, taught that from a mm -hmm. young you know, sexual experience age. But, in, and I think that men generally do believe that their pleasure matters and that's what they're, a lot of, a lot of men have been taught that's what they're mostly concerned with. Um, now I do have encountered many, many men who really care about pleasuring women and who really want mm -hmm. to focus on that. But for your clients, is that something that they come to you already knowing, or is that something that they learn in the course of working with you, that their pleasure matters and that they can prioritize it? I think it's a combination. I think maybe logically they know that their pleasure matters <laughs> and like, that's why they're interested in doing this work. But subconsciously there's a lot to uncover and recode a lot of blockages. Um, and that's why like, I personally like really love that I have uh, NLP and EFT and hypnosis as tools so that we can mm. release those blocks subconsciously. Like I just used NLP in my two previous sessions right before <laughs> 
Can you uh, spell those out for our listeners? I'm familiar with them, but I'd love for you to do that. Yeah. So NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. And what it does is it uses hypnotic language to speak to the subconscious mind. It's really great for releasing any limiting beliefs or limiting decisions, as we like to call it in NLP. Um, Also really heavy and stagnant emotions. And you can also use it to enhance um, with like goal setting in the future. So if there's a particular goal you have in mind that you want to create, it will help you to figure out what the steps are in order to have it. EFT is emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping. I love using it because it uses the acupressure meridian points that help you, again, access your subconscious, but helps you get in a better feeling good state, whether that's releasing the heavy emotions, uh, releasing physical pain. I've used it to release like menstrual cramps and migraines and stuff like that too, even panic attacks. Um, and also again, feeling good too. And so EFT is a great tool that's accessible to everyone because it allows you to be in touch with like the somatics with your body and also feel good within a few minutes. And you don't need any tools other than just yourself, (laughs) which I think is great. And then hypnosis again, uses, you know, subconscious healing, but you're in that like theta state. And typically, I actually don't use hypnosis with my clients most of the time because it takes a while to build that rapport to where people actually feel comfortable going there and being that vulnerable. And so that's why I typically like NLP because we're able to create a shift um, and release a belief system within only a 45-minute session. Wow. 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 So powerful. Yeah, especially when it comes to trauma and like sexual trauma too. I know I've used it personally for my own as well as like many clients and personal friends because we're able to go back to the moment where something occurred but disassociate by several levels so that you're not feeling the emotions. You're not present in the moment feeling it. And that's why a lot of times like talk therapy is actually damaging for people who've experienced trauma because you're reliving the event and retelling it isn't actually helpful versus with NLP, we're able to go back, disassociate by several levels and heal it immediately so that your life, (laughs) your life changes. Yeah. And you don't don't have to hold on to that. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. So, okay, so let's talk multi-orgasmic <laughs> because we know, first of all, we all want to be there. Right? <laughs> and right now, we please. We know that you have this new program coming out. So talk to us about this. Obviously, you discovered for yourself years ago that you are multi-orgasmic. And I, 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 I won't say we all are, but I think the three of us maybe all have experienced that because I know that you have and I know that I have and you've told us that you have. So I want to talk about this because I think what a gift, what a gift to give people. So share with us a little bit more about your program. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think this program really was inspired from like literally I think like last month I went viral again on TikTok and it was because <laughs> I, it was like one of those meme videos where I, I spent saw that literally one. maybe like 10 seconds creating it and I was like what and then the next one went viral that was even more and I feel like content like that is really polarizing right when you say something like I can have 10 to 30 orgasms every single time I have sex that's a polarizing statement especially for a lot of women who were never taught that their pleasure mattered, right? Who a lot of women, like I even know like personal friends of mine still 
have never had an mm-hmm. orgasm in their life and feel uncomfortable with their bodies and are afraid to use like a vibrator or lube or even like communicate their needs in the bedroom. So seeing a statement like that, <laughs> like, of course it went viral because there are people who are like, hell yeah, this is something that I've experienced too. And like, go get it, sis. To like, "Mm, there's no way I think you're lying, right? And so my whole purpose and goal with creating this program is like empowering the people who think it's not possible, right? And by sharing, (laughs) like my personal experience with it. You are doing (laughs) the goddess's work over here because we really like... You know, when we are storytelling this way, I like to storytell my sexual experiences and sensations. And it is like not just having these experiences, but putting voice to them and then listening to the reactions of others. It's like it's a really interesting experience because, as you said, like especially in online spaces, it can be very polarizing because I can remember earlier on in my life and I think we all can because I I do believe that a lot of us start from this place of I I don't know how to access these orgasms that that supposedly happen during sex and I don't know how to access them for myself and then when that is opened and especially with like self-pleasure with toys with kink right with all of these different um, you know, experiences that can access. I, I like, I'm absolutely multi-orgasmic. I don't know about 50 times. (laughs) I can't say I've experienced that, but like, I just last year experienced an orgasm that was unlike anything I'd ever experienced in my life. And I was like, is this still happening? Am I still like, creating space for new entirely new kinds of orgasm that's pretty amazing because if you think about it our bodies are always changing you know developing changing shifting and it makes sense that so is our pleasure in the sensation we experience as an orgasm right and I think that so Mm -hmm. many women like they we're already once we come to the place where we say I want orgasms and I want to be sexually pleased. I want to be sexually pleased without reciprocity, right? All of these things are so against the grain. Yeah. And then it's like, well, how do I even get there? And what does that look like for my particular body? And so, like, I'm relating to you so hard. And I think that so many women, like, as they listen to this may feel like, well, what what, what would that look like for me? And so I'm just curious, like, if you could get specific, let's get specific here. I want to get, mm-hmm. I want to get into yeah. it. How do you have 50 <laughs> orgasms in a, you know, a span of an hour or two hours? Like I would love to know. So I'm like, how do I, it's hard this? to put into words too. That's <laughs> the other thing. It's hard to put into words yeah. because this right. is somatics, right? This is even spiritual, energy, energetics, energy. all of these things. Yeah. There's, there's so much at play. I think Number one, so like in terms of my multi-orgasmicness or frequency of orgasms within partnered intimacy, like I will say I average between minimum of 10 every single time I have partnered intimacy. And that could be just oral, no penetration Mm -hmm. needed. Normally 30 or so if it's about two hours. And then I've gotten surpassed 50 in like two and a half hours. Part of how that's able to happen is 
understanding that there's many different types of orgasms. And so that's part of what I break down to in this course is that the number of orgasms is like widely debated. Sure. <laughs> there, there's not a lot of research on it. Um, everyone has different opinions, but a uh, school of thought is that there's about 14 different types Ooh. of orgasms. And a lot of what I experience are blended orgasms. So when you're experiencing multiple different types at the same time. So what we aren't taught about pleasure, about female pleasure, about pleasure for vulva owners is that about 80% of us need direct clitoral stimulation in order to have an orgasm, right? But when we're taught about sex, we're taught that it needs to be through penetration and it's finished when the penis owner Mm -hmm. comes (laughs) when like, that's not the case. Um, That's not the case at all. Our pleasure is left out of the equation. So it's understanding that clitoral stimulation is like queen, (laughs) right? We're not saying king. It's queen. (laughs) It's queen. It's necessary. It's a non-negotiable part of also this adding another level is like slowing down, being present, being mindful. So it's like practicing mindfulness through this experience and also like sensuality and exploring other erogenous Mm. zones. Like I didn't realize before because I was focusing just on clitoral stimulation or just on penetration and trying to chase the orgasm, trying to get there as quickly as possible with like the highest setting on the vibrator. And what actually got me there was, you know, realizing, oh, I can have a nipple gasm or Mm -hmm. I can have an orgasm from just my ear Mm -hmm. being sucked or like my neck being licked or even... God forbid I had multiple orgasms in a breathwork workshop where there was no touching of anything. So like, that's where the energetics come into play too. So it's like knowing that there's so many different ways in which you can tap into this orgasmic energy. And a lot of it is slowing down, bringing sensuality into it and just being, being present with yourself or with a partner or multiple partners. It doesn't really matter. It's just giving yourself permission to enjoy yourself And it's funny because I think with people who feel like orgasms aren't possible for them, they're chasing it so hard that it pushes it away. And like the way to get there is by not thinking about it and just being present and being in your body. (laughs) So true. You're speaking my language (laughs) because I think nothing surprises us more than when we start to understand our energetics and it takes us places that we've never recognize that we can go. Um, I have learned that I can have orgasms from my back being touched, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just like, not just one or two or three, like a lot, you know, and it, it is, I think teaching people that the nuances of our energy and of our sensuality and of our sexuality can take us places if we're willing to go there and get our minds off the genitals for the moment there is lots of room and lots mm. of time for that too, for sure. But there is just so much that mm-hmm. we can experience when we are tapped into the energetics of the experience, whether it's just with ourselves or if it's partnered or throupled or <laughs> whatever else it might be. Mm-hmm. So I love that so much. And I encourage all of our listeners to take a look at Catherine's program and you have offered our listeners a discount code for this program. Yeah, I think it's a $10 off with the code Yoniverse. Thank you so much. We're so excited for that. So yeah, that program I think is going to be transformative for so many people. And 
I hate to kind of take a hard left now, but I know there's a conversation that we really want to have with you before we need to let you go. Mm. And I am sitting from a seat that is privileged in a state that cares about women's reproductive health. But the two of you live in a state where it has largely been removed. And I would really love for the two of you to give some perspective on how this has impacted you as women, sexually empowered women, women who support other women, women who believe in bodily autonomy and all of that. I think this is such a deeply important conversation. And I would just love to open the floor to the two of you to really take us into this one because it's big. It's a big topic. What's interesting is that hearing about all of our commonalities, I, I can imagine we've had a shared experience with this, but like for us in Texas, like before Roe was overturned, we had lost our bodily autonomy. We've been living in this reality for two years now, almost two years with Senate Bill 8 that passed mm-hmm. in our state. And so I'm I'm interested because I think your experience of this grief may be very similar to mine, this grief and rage, really. <laughs> so how, how I feel about it. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because I've only been in Austin for about a year mm. and a half. So it's like I was called to go there, didn't quite know why. And I think that part of why I'm in Austin is because I'm supposed to be in the middle of where like this work is needed Same. the most. Same. And it's it's frustrating because I grew up in California and you know we have access to a lot of things that I definitely took for granted for sure but it's like it's interesting coming from a place where you don't really have to worry about these things to living in a place where you absolutely do and like I'm privileged enough to where if I needed to make a decision like I could leave but not everyone is in that position and I think that's what's the hardest part too is like, okay, shit, like I'm here to help educate. I'm here to help empower, but like, how can I do that when not everyone has the right (laughs) to, to decide for themselves? And while there's such strong opinions and I believe that everyone's entitled to their own opinion, what I don't agree with and what I don't believe is that anyone's beliefs should inflict on anyone else's rights and anyone else's body, period. Yeah, and just the the understanding, and like we understand that uh, you know abortion is a sensitive issue. There is trauma that surrounds this issue. Want to validate that? Um, I, I, you know, you and I have so much in common. Being from California and living in Texas, I've been here mm-hmm. a lot longer, honey. I'm more Texan than you, and you, I'm sure you can be okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still I still don't have cowboy boots. Oh, I don't girl. have a hat, a cowboy hat. I'm like, no. I, I got boots. I got boots <laughs> and it. hat. I, I've got all of it. Uh, but I was the same way as you. It took me six or seven years to get my first pair of boots. Anyway, like just to, yeah. to like, I'll tell like a personal story. When I uh, moved to Texas, I was married and I was on birth control and I was used to getting my birth control at Planned Parenthood. And I went to Planned Parenthood the the i think one out of the four locations in houston texas a city of four million people (laughs) i i this was before like you had gps on your phone everywhere you went and we asked a woman who seemed very nice for directions to the Planned parenthood and she looked at me and my ex-husband and said i don't know where that is but you better keep that baby and just kept walking that I mean, I was 
baffled. Here I am, like, going to get birth control from a place that, like, Planned Parenthood does, uh, their abortions are not even the majority of the services they offer. And, I mean, she looked at me like I was lower than scum. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, I am not where I was. So it's the prevailing attitude and the, the knowledge of waking up every day as a woman and knowing that I don't have fundamental autonomy over my body and what that's doing to the collective, because just like you, Catherine, I can get an abortion if I need one. I can leave. I have the means mm -hmm. to do that. But, you know, women of lower socioeconomic status, women of color, we know that these bans are racist. We know that they deeply impact impoverished people. And like just the collective energy of that it affects me in different ways but like it's hard it makes me want to go home real real bad I mean it's it's and just seeing mm -hmm. the gradual change and I just do believe just like you we can't give up we have to be fighting from here because the mm -hmm. we Texas won bodily autonomy and we'll do it again and I, I, you know, I'm not willing to give up the fight yet. And I'm really glad that you're in it with me, sis. Like, 100%. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. 100%. I'm with you. It's interesting, too, because I, obviously, when everything was happening, I had the whole wave of emotions. And I was just like, fuck, I don't want to be here. I want to leave. But it's interesting, like, even in, I'm in a few, like, Facebook groups that are, like, based in Austin, and, like, very frequently I'll see women and girls, like, posting, like, hey, I think I'm pregnant, I'm this far along, I don't know what to do. And it's, like, this is something that is constant in the community, and it's just, like, okay, like, how can we all fight together so that we have a choice, yeah. you know? And even just seeing some of the comments, like, some people are very strongly saying, like, do what you need to do to keep it or you know some people are saying congratulations like you're pregnant and one comment stood out recently too and it's just like don't congratulate someone if you don't know how they feel about it yep and it's just like that simple like comment actually is like a huge mindset reframe because it's like totally. we're also taught you know as women that like that's one of the things that we're here to do right is to procreate <laughs> When not everyone wants that, or maybe it's not the right mm -hmm. time for that. And that's perfectly okay. Like I know even for like my own parents, like my mom had two abortions before she had me and she's fertile myrtle and still had four kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's okay. Like just cause you need one doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or you're going to go to hell. I mean, I don't believe in hell anyways. But like, you know, we all like we all are making the best decisions with the tools we have. And like maybe having a baby right now is not on the table for you. And that's OK. And I think it's important that we're intentional when we're making these decisions and able to do so in a place of like empowerment and knowing like the long term impact and knowing that like. I think also knowing how like trauma and like if it's the wrong partner and if there's abuse and domestic violence, like situations like that, like those are some recent posts that I've been seeing too, is like my partner's abusing me, but I'm 12 weeks pregnant. And like, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, it's sad that we have to make those decisions, but it's like, ultimately it's like, you need to decide what feels right for you and whatever that decision is, like you need to 
I, I think everyone should be able to make that yeah, decision. And make it in support yeah. and care, you know. And safety. And, and safety. A hundred percent. Yeah, as I sit here and, and think about it, I mean, I know I've I've walked with Scarlett as she's gone through this journey of grief and it has been palpable. And yet also hearing the two of you talk about the importance of having women like you, sexually empowered women who are educated on these matters and who are willing to put themselves out there as angels in the community for people who don't have other resources or knowledge or whatever. I know that Scarlett and I have talked about the importance of sisterhood in these spaces so that we can be creating networks of women who can help other women, right? And one of our dreams for Slut Sisters is that we would be able to have a network of women who could help other women access safe healthcare when they need it. And, you know, I, I know that I like I said, live in a state with privilege in these, in these arenas. And I know that I absolutely want to make myself available to women who need that. And I'm not grateful that you guys have to go through the grief and the process of what you feel when these laws come down and these rulings come down. But I'm also grateful that little girls are growing up in the state of Texas with women like you that they can look to and look up to and understand that somebody has their fucking back. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Oh, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wonderful to sit with you, Catherine. And we are so deeply appreciative of you taking the time to come on it's been so fun. I know we are ending on a bit of a heavier note, but we are just so delighted to know you, to be in the community with you, to have gotten to know you through the Moan app and yeah. other things in this space. And we just love the work you're doing and want to support you and elevate your voice as loud as we possibly can. Aw, I'm like, you're make me cry. I'm like, is my period starting this I'm on week? Mine. <laughs> no, I'm just a soft bitch. It's okay. <laughs> I haven't even told Catherine how much I adore her. Okay. You can't make her cry yet. It's not fair. <laughs> no, <laughs> She's like, no, I actually can't. I just think that you are like radiant. You have this radiant, warm energy that I felt Aww. from you. The first time I heard your voice, I can probably really see how you can see into your clients. You can make them feel mm. held. Um, and like the, I always think about the ripple effect of that, that you're not just supporting that person. You're supporting their family. Mm -hmm. You're supporting their community. You're supporting all the spaces and spheres in which that person shows up and is needed. And, you know, I, I, if you don't think about that, you should, because you're really, really putting some healing and importance vibes out there and so i just wanted to say that uh we listen listen Aww. anya and i could do a we can do a cuddle puddle love uh threesome uh, all day on you ma'am <laughs> i'm down i consent mutual consent it's beautiful a beautiful thing yes oh Catherine. Thank you. Yeah. And we will make sure that everybody knows how to find you. We'll put all your links, all the things. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience of the Flaming Yoni before we 
have to say goodbye. The last thing I want to share is that just like your pleasure matters and like, it's okay to go on the journey. It doesn't matter like what's happened in your past or who's told you that it doesn't matter or that it's not important. Like that's bullshit <laughs> and you're deserving. You're deserving of having all the pleasure. You're deserving of finding the right partners and the right people, or even just like giving it to yourself. Like there's nothing wrong with you if you're single there's nothing wrong with you if you've had relationships that have ended. It's like we're all here on this journey and we're all just doing the best we can. And like that's that. Like we're just here to connect with each other and like learn how to have like better lives. And like that's all we can do. Amen. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for spending some time in the Yoniverse with us. We adore our listeners, and we'd love to connect more deeply with you. Find us on our website, theflamingyoni.com, and our socials are in the show notes. Before you leave the universe, be sure to give us a five-star rating, and don't forget the review. Your feedback means the world to us. We can't wait to light your world on fire next week, and in the meantime, stay sacred. And stay salacious. <laughs>